Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, certified strength and conditioning specialist, sports nutritionist, and a certified pre- and postnatal coach with the Natty Hour. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Legion and the Natty Hour. Legion is an evidence-based supplement company that takes pride in ensuring that all products are backed by peer-reviewed scientific literature and are dosed at clinically effective levels. If you've been following me long enough, you know that I'm not one to push something that I don't believe in, especially supplements. But the fact that Legion has gone to great lengths to ensure such quality products is the reason why I have partnered up with them. If you are interested in learning more, be sure to visit legionathletics.com. You will also receive 20% off your first order if you use my code Jansen, J-A-N-Z-E-N, at checkout. Further information and links are in the show notes. Also, a huge shout out to The Natty Hour, which is my online coaching business that I run with my husband, Kyle Jansen. We exist to serve the drug-free strength and fitness community, from those who embody the discipline and determination to pursue the highest level of competition naturally, to those looking to improve their overall health and lifestyle. Our athletes range from being elite bodybuilders to the new mom looking to prioritize her health amongst a hectic schedule. Be sure to visit thenattyhour.com to learn more. Thank you so much for supporting the More Than a Physique podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode on your social media. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 100. Holy cow, I cannot believe that we have hit... 100 episodes officially for the More Than a Physique podcast. For those who have been there since the beginning, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your continued support of the More Than a Physique podcast over the years. And for those who are new listeners, I appreciate your support just as much. So for those who don't know or may not remember, the reason why I started this podcast was because I was going through a really dark time. I just injured my back prepping for provincials for a powerlifting meet, and I was just completely crippled, no pun intended. Mentally, I was just destroyed because it was a pretty severe back injury to the point where I wasn't lifting for months. I uh, actually spun my wheels quite a bit trying to figure out the uh, cause of the uh, issue. I spun my wheels quite a bit trying to get 
the proper help and support and I just didn't know what to do. And I started just going down that rabbit hole where I felt like I'm gonna lose all of my progress, all of my aesthetics that I have been working towards over the past several years are gonna disappear. And it was eating away at me. I finally just had the realization that, hey, I am more than just a bodybuilder. I am more than how I look. I'm more than a physique. And it really shifted my perspective to seek to find answers. I had to take matters into my own hands. And what helped me get through that was just shifting my mindset that I am an athlete. And because of that, I need to find my inner athlete and embrace the obstacles that I am going through right now. Because I'm not the only individual in this ginormous planet who has ever injured my back. Why am I playing victim and feeling so sorry for myself when millions of other people have gone through what I've gone through and have gone through matters that are way worse than what I am going through? So shifting my perspective to be an athlete and focus on my recovery and embracing the learning process along the way to my recovery and getting better to lifting again, it was a very amazing journey. You know, I don't regret my back injury because of all of the lessons that I learned along the way. And it really has allowed me to this day, several years later, to just be so in tune with my body. And I've always maintained that mentality that I am an athlete, even though I'm not in competitive sports, I'm not on a team or anything like that. We all have an inner athlete in us. And that mindset is what allowed me to thrive during what I felt was the most darkest time during my life. So as a thank you, I wanted to do a huge giveaway for a special listener for this 100th episode. For those who don't know, I actually recently launched my first nutrition course. It's called the Natty Hour School of Macros. This is a course that I have been working on for several years and I officially launched it in the middle of September. This is a nutrition course for those who are just kind of sick of the lack of information on the internet. There is so much information out there that it often can be very confusing. A lot of people don't know what is good information, what is bad information, and a lot of people are left frustrated and spinning their wheels. The best way to overcome those frustrations often is to hire a fitness coach. However, the benefit to hiring a fitness coach is the accountability side of things. And not everybody needs the accountability. They just need answers. They need to know what is the best approach for setting up my nutrition plan? What is the best approach when it comes to knowing? How much protein should I be consuming? How many carbohydrates should I be consuming? Are there good and bad carbs? Is there good and bad food? What is gonna allow me to optimize my nutrition plan so I can stop spinning my wheels and finally focus on achieving the results that I've been hoping for for year after year after year. 
The Natty Hour School of Macros is for those who are looking to become their own nutrition coach. They don't need the accountability factor. They are disciplined. They got that dialed in. They just need some answers and some guidance that's going to allow them to optimize their nutrition plan. That's what this course is about. I put my heart and soul into this course and out of all of the products and services that I have launched and provided over the years, I can easily say that I am most proud of this course. So because of that, I want to give away one spot to one lucky listener of the More Than A Physique podcast. In order for one of you to gain that spot to the Nadiar School of Macros, all you have to do is share this podcast episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Kristen.Jansen, K-R-Y-S-T-E-N dot J-A-N-Z-E-N. Tag me in that episode and post it on your stories and I will select one lucky winner for a spot at the Natty Hour School of Macros so you can become your own nutrition coach. Again, thank you all so much for the continued support. I look forward to many more episodes in the years to come, but for right now, I want you all to enjoy the 100th episode. In this episode, I dive into strategies that are going to allow you to optimize your immune system. As we know, it is flu season. It is that time of year where everybody is getting sick. And it may seem like common sense when it comes to staying hydrated, giving your body the rest that it's asking for. However, we dive in a little bit deeper to talk about specific strategies that will allow you to just maintain a healthy immune system during the flu season this fall. So I really do hope that you all enjoy this episode. Again, thank you all so much for hanging out, for being dedicated long-term listeners. I appreciate every single one of you. Best of luck. And again, don't forget to tag me so that way I actually see that you've shared the episode on your stories. Best of luck and enjoy the 100th episode of the More Than a Physique podcast. Let's get into the topic for today. I thought that the topic was very fitting because it, as we head into the fall, typically that's when a lot of people tend to get sick. So obviously flu season being right around the corner, I wanted to talk about today some strategies that you can look at implementing to just help boost your immune system to some degree so we can try to be proactive with hopefully mitigating your um, likelihood of getting sick, especially when everybody starts to get sick, unfortunately, probably pretty quickly here in the next couple of weeks. So I have five strategies, five common things that are helpful with this that we'll talk about today. And then I also wanted to finish off by discussing what should you do if you do get sick? So what should you do with your training and what should you do with your nutrition? So, you know, having that understanding of ways to adapt your, your goals, your habits and things like that, when, and if that happens is very important. So let's uh, go over the uh, five strategies that I have today to just kind of help boost your immune system. And I just wanted to preface this by saying that 
a lot of these strategies may sound like common sense to a lot of people. But before you kind of, you know, roll your eyes at, yeah, 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 I know that. Always try to remember that just because it's common sense doesn't mean that it's common practice. You know, a lot of people don't take the time to implement and like fully try to master some of these strategies and be very intentional with implementing a lot of these things. So even though we know we should be doing these things, doesn't mean that we are always making that effort to actually do them. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind here, right? So the first one is your diet. So number one is to eat the rainbow. So what do I mean by that? Like a lot of variety when it comes to your fruit and your vegetable consumption, you know, we tend to stick to very similar foods, right? We know what we like, and uh, we don't venture away from specific foods. And granted, a lot of people do have intolerances and limitations and things like that, where you don't have that ability to have too much variety in your diet. So of course, this is all relative to your specific um, restrictions, but the more variety from a fruit and vegetable standpoint that you can incorporate into your diet, the better. And the reason for that is because not all vegetables and fruits are made up equal on the micronutrient side of things. Some of the uh, vitamins and minerals are going to be a lot higher in a given item in comparison to something else. So, you know, if you don't typically have a lot of strawberries, but maybe you have, um, you know, a banana each day, that's great. You have a lot of potassium in your diet from the banana, but strawberry, strawberries are going to be a little bit higher for vitamin C content as well. So, you know, obviously this time of year, trying to have more vitamin C from your actual food is very important. So, you know, having a good amount of variety. So that's why I like that saying where we want to focus on eating the rainbow. So eating the rainbow, that's really important. So that way you can just kind of ensure that, you know, if you're sticking to the same meals each day or the same types of foods, your go-to options, adding just a little bit more variety, like maybe adding more raspberries or blueberries when those are things you don't typically eat. That's going to be very helpful with filling in the blanks of a lot of the missing vitamins and minerals that your body needs because the more vitamins and minerals that your body has, it's going to be very helpful with just fighting off any illness that may come your way for your immune system. So being proactive with that approach right now is very important. So for those who have been my client for a while, and for those who are new here, you know that I have a question in your check-in forms that say, how many servings of fruits and vegetables do you eat a day? So if it's within like one to two servings, while that's not bad, that's definitely on the lower end of the spectrum. This time of year, let's see what we can do to just kind of bump that up a little bit. If you can have a serving with each meal, if it fits within your macronutrient budget, even better, right? I know that I talk about the idea of having uh, an 80 20 um, method, an 80 20 mentality. And that's where, you know, maybe 80% of your calories consumed from whole nutrient dense foods. And that last 20% can be consumed from treats. So things that aren't going to be as high in nutrients like a cookie, for example, right? And I'm not saying that you can't still adopt that method, but maybe just for a few weeks or maybe just this time of year, you know, try to scale that back a little bit where maybe like close to 90, 95% of your calories are from full, are from whole nutrient dense foods. So that way you can just really ensure that you're loading up on a lot of micronutrients right now. So that way your body has the availability 
to uh, fight off any illnesses that come your way. So just something to kind of think about here, you know, that might be helpful to consider. Um, the next thing, the next strategy is supplements. So for those who have been here for a while, you know that I don't always recommend supplements and it's not that I don't recommend them, but I always, I always try to encourage you guys to ensure that you're getting the majority of your micronutrient needs from your actual foods. So don't put the cart before the horse here and jump and jump in the car and go get a bunch of supplements before you take the time to include more variety on your fruit and vegetable intake. Okay. So really make sure that you take strategy number one very seriously versus just jumping and thinking that supplements are going to solve all your problems. You know, we definitely want to make sure that our food and our actual caloric intake from actual food is being prioritized first and foremost. Having said that, supplements can be very helpful, especially this time of year. So some additional supplements that I typically will include more of this time of year are things like a multivitamin or a green supplement. There's not really a difference between those two. Um, I would just pick whatever you prefer. Me personally, I prefer to have a multivitamin just because greens, they don't really sit well in my stomach. They don't taste very good. So I can get some of those items that I'm missing from my diet from just a multivitamin with no issues. A generic brand is more than sufficient when it comes to that. Um, in addition to that, zinc, vitamin C and vitamin D. So these are all um, very helpful things to include in your diet that will help with just boosting your immune system, especially vitamin D, because as we head into the winter months, the uh, sun starts to go down a lot earlier. It starts to come up a lot later. So we're not seeing the sun as much as we typically do in the winter months. So a lot of people's vitamin D availability does go down quite a bit and it does hinder our immune system to some degree, does hinder our mood. For those who live in the Okanagan, you know what it's like when it gets really gray here in the winter time. So it can put a damper on your mood a little bit, which of course is gonna indirectly impair your immune system so really just making sure that you're loading up on that vitamin D is very important. Vitamin D can be a bit of a controversial topic in regards to how much you could you should be consuming. So if this is something that you're worried about, if you're not too sure, because it does depend on the individual, some people, they are really deficient in vitamin D and other people, they're totally fine. So having the generic recommendation of about 1000 to 2000 IUs a day is more than enough. Some people are so deficient in their vitamin D that they need like 5,000, sometimes even 10,000 IUs a day in order for you to get the full benefit of what you're trying to get out of consuming that supplement. So if that's not something you're 100% sure of, you know, I think that there's nothing wrong with them um, getting a little bit of blood work done. If you haven't already, this is something that even I recommend for people to do couple times during the year just to kind of see how things are looking and then you can be proactive with um, your markers and things like that. So just getting a quick reading on how your vitamin D is looking this time of year or maybe as we head into closer into like the winter months, that might be very helpful so that way it doesn't feel um, you don't have those winter blues that a lot of people deal with. So that's it when it comes to supplements. There's not really much more that I would recommend in regards to just boosting your metabolism, or not your metabolism, your immune system. 
All right, the next one here is exercise. Regular exercise is extremely important right now just because it does contribute to uh, cardiovascular health. You know, that's actually really important with just keeping your immune system nice and healthy and uh, nice and strong this time of year. It also is very helpful with just reducing our stress. Yes, of course, training is a different type of stress put on your body physically, right? There's that physical amount of stress that your body is going to go through when you are exercising, but the mental stress that it does bring down is very helpful. And of course, um, something that we want to prioritize when it comes to boosting our immune system. So yes, regular exercise, really important. It also um, stimulates cellular immunity as well. So again, you know, it is a huge contributor when it comes to just keeping your immune system really strong. So I think a lot of people during the summer months, not everybody, but they do tend to exercise quite a bit less. And that's just because of all the fun in the sun, hiking, doing different activities and things like that. But, you know, just getting back into a regular gym routine is very helpful. And I think a lot of people, when they do kind of take the summer off from exercising regularly, weight training regularly, it can be kind of tough to get back into that routine right away. So even as we head into the first week of school here, you know, some people might be struggling to get back into that routine where they're not exercising, you know, a couple times a week and may take them a little bit longer to exercise more frequently. So just kind of ease into it as best as you can. But I find that even just keeping that understanding that it's going to be very helpful with just keeping your immune system strong this time of year can be very a very helpful motivator to still get the job done, right? When we wake up, it's a little bit darker out right now. And we're like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm struggling to get back into it. You know, keeping that reasoning behind your head where it's like, well, even if I don't want to go back to the gym right now, I don't want to get sick even more. You know, what's the lesser of both evils here? I think I'll go to the gym as an attempt to, you know, maybe mitigate my chances of getting sick this time of year. So even just having those conversations with ourselves, having that understanding how it can be very beneficial so that we're not getting sick because we all know what it's like to get sick. Sometimes it feels like our whole world is ending, right? And we would get give anything to feel better so we can actually go to the gym. So just even reminding yourself of that, that you're healthy right now, that's another motivator to just continue to uh, try to stay as consistent as possible and uh, get our butts to the gym. Strategy number four, this is going to be sleep and stress management, sleep and stress management. Now, the uh, lack of sleep and lack of stress management are huge contributors to a lot of issues beyond just weakening our immune system. And I've actually done two separate lives in the past talking about ways that you can improve your sleep, strategies of how you can build more stress resilience, because we all have stressors, right? And how I deal with stress is going to be very different than how you deal with stress. It's, it's a very subjective thing that we all go through, right? So I kind of recommend, you know, trying to build more stress resilience. So that way we can, you know, mentally still feel like, hey, I got this no matter what curveballs life throws at me, right? I do go into quite a bit of detail of how you can improve your sleep, why you want to improve your sleep, how you can improve your stress management, why you want to improve your stress management. So there are multiple reasons as to why these two things are extremely important 
important and yet so undervalued from a lot of people. A lot of people have that mentality where it's like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead or whatever, like stress, it's no big deal. I'm just going to ignore it. You know, there's a difference between building stress resilience and just ignoring the stressors that are going on in your life because chronic stress is, uh, you know, one of the number one things that does lead to a lot of a lot of health complications when we get older and weakening our immune system is just one of many. So really taking that time to prioritize a proper sleep routine this time of year, really important. I do find that now that it's starting to get a little bit darker out a little bit later, as much as that sucks, it does help quite a bit with just winding down. So that's one way that you can try to um, improve your sleep, your bedtime routine is uh, to, you, you know, actually take the time to darken things in your house and, uh, you know, prepare yourself to go to bed. You know, bedtime routines aren't just for kids. You know, we want to try to take the time like an hour before we actually want to be falling asleep to prepare ourselves to go to sleep. So typically, I've actually just switched up my um, my bedtime routine a little bit here. I go to bed at nine o'clock before it was like eight o'clock, but I go to bed at nine o'clock. So that means like around 7 30 8 o'clock I start winding down that means that you know no pat like no later than eight o'clock this thing goes on do not disturb I try to have it in another room versus having it like right next to me within that 90 minutes right before bed and that's just because of the blue light right you know the blue light on this thing it does actually impair our the release of melatonin that's the sleep hormone that's the hormone that you want to be releasing during that time because it tells your body like hey it's time to go to sleep. And then within that 90 minutes, I try to do things that are more relaxing. I've been doing a little bit of journaling each night, trying to read a little bit. Um, I've been actually going out into my garage and doing some stretching with Kyle. And it's been a really nice way to just transition to uh, trying to get my body physically and mentally prepared to go to bed. So, you know, just that's just a very small example of a way that you can look at improving your sleep quality. If you can do like anything that I'm recommending today, yes, while of course it would be nice for you to be able to do all of these things, but if you want to take a very slow, progressive approach, what's going to be realistic for you to implement right now, I would highly recommend prioritizing sleep quality and stress management more than anything right now to just help boost your immune system. The last one here is hydration. Hydration, you know, drinking enough water has uh, so many benefits. Same thing with like sleep and stress. Staying properly hydrated is very important. It flushes out all of the toxins within our body. You know how people are like, oh, I need to go on a detox and they go to a supplement store and they get like whatever overpriced supplement that they're being sold when it comes to doing something like that. The best way to detox your body is drinking enough water. So staying hydrated, very important, because like I said, it flushes out those toxins. So that way your body has the cellular ability to just fight off any type of illness coming its way. So really taking that time to stay hydrated. So what does that mean, right? Like how do you how much hydration, like how much should you be consuming? How do you stay hydrated? Well, you typically want to be having around like for females around three, three and a half liters of water a day, males over four liters of water a day. So I typically will try to drink 
five shakers a day. I work out in the morning where by like right now, like this is my third shaker. So I'm obviously not done it yet, but I work out in the morning where the majority of my water is consumed while I'm working out. I'll have half a shaker before I go to the gym and then a shaker and a half while I'm at the gym. So I'm out on my third shaker right now. It's not even 10 o'clock yet. So I got lots of time to uh, finish out those last two shakers before it's time to go to bed. So staying hydrated is important. You can get your hydration through other liquids. So if you drink coffee, tea, juice, BCAs, Gatorade, things like that, they do actually, and coffee too. Yes, <laughs> I didn't, that wasn't said in error. Coffee doesn't actually dehydrate you to the degree that a lot of people think when it comes to staying hydrated. So it actually can be contributed towards your overall liquid allotment that you need to stay hydrated. So it's not just water. If you're not a big water person, getting some Gatorade, maybe some Crystal Light so you can flavor your water. And, uh, you know, at least that's going to be helpful to keep you nice and hydrated. So in reverse, then we have to understand that we want to reduce our alcohol consumption, because logically, if we think about it, if increasing our hydration boosts our immune system, we know that alcohol causes us to be dehydrated. Therefore, we kind of have a logical understanding that alcohol consumption is going to weaken our immune system. And I'm all about balance here, you guys. Like, I'm never going to tell you that you should eat this and you shouldn't eat that. You should drink this. You should never drink that. It's all within moderation. And alcohol, unfortunately, it does dehydrate us. It does weaken our immune system. So we have to ask ourselves, is, um, you know, having that glass of wine after a stressful day as an attempt to reduce my stress worth it if it's going to impair my ability to maintain a strong immune system? If the answer is no, it's not worth it, then hey, what else can we do when it comes to stress management? Is there something else that we can do? Maybe going for a walk before bed. Yeah, that's a little bit more work, but it is going to have the same effect that we're trying to sometimes get with having a glass of wine right before bed. So just keep that in mind as well. All right, so those are the five strategies of how you can just boost your immune system. Like I said, a lot of them do sound like common sense, but common sense isn't common practice. You know, even when I say a lot of these things out loud to you guys, I'm like, ah, you know what? I can improve that a little bit here. Like the eat the rainbow one. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. My variety when it comes to fruit and vegetable consumption sucks. So that's something I'm going to work on because of course I don't want to get sick. So I would rather, you know, take the time to just try to see what I can do to be more intentional with some of these strategies. And uh, if that reduces my chances of getting the flu this year, it's something that I'm going to do and something I'm going to try to prioritize. So, you know, like I said, common sense isn't always common practice. So what should you do if you do get sick? You know, I think um, this, this is tough, right? Cause when we get sick, we always have things to do still, you know, we still have to be an adult. We still have responsibility. We still have kiddos where you have to still be a mom. You still have to be a dad. You still have to focus on taking care of them. And it's really tough. It's really frustrating. But I think the uh, first thing is to uh, just manage our expectations because, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when we get sick is that, oh, shoot, I'm going to lose all my progress. I can't go to the gym. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to get fat. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to lose all my muscle. And if we really think about it, like how long are we typically sick? Yes, I know like some people get sick for a really long time and it sucks, but you know, on average, maybe we get sick for like three to five days. Are we really gonna put on a bunch of weight and or lose all of our muscle in three to five days? Logically, like, no, we understand that that just, that just seems silly. That's not possible, right? 
And the research is on your side here where you'd have to be sedentary for a good six weeks and be in a detraining state where you're doing nothing. You're sitting on the couch for six weeks before atrophy starts to occur. So that's muscle loss. Before muscle loss starts to occur, a good six weeks. If you're sick for three to five days, even though you may feel like you don't look the greatest because you haven't been getting any blood flow, right? You're not moving your body. You're not getting any muscular contraction. So of course you look flat. Of course you don't have that glycogen storage to your muscles. So you don't look how you normally would look. And those are just due to water weight fluctuations. It has nothing to do with the fact that you have lost all of your progress. So once you get moving again, once you start getting that blood flow again, you'll start to get that look that you saw prior to being sick. So that's number one. If you do get sick, managing our expectations, talking ourselves off the ledge when we are kind of emotionally unstable and we're kind of, you know, having all these, you know, really unrealistic and irrational conversations with ourselves, which is ultimately just going to make matters worse because all you are doing is stressing yourself out. Therefore, we know that increased cortisol levels, increased stress levels just weaken our, our, our immune system even further. So it's just making matters worse over something that doesn't really matter. So number one, like I said, managing our expectations. What should you do with your training? A lot of people always ask me is, should I still go to the gym? And I honestly think it, it definitely depends on your symptoms, on how you are feeling. But 90% of the time, I would recommend just getting some rest. I know that that's tough. And I know that you feel like, you know, oh, I just got a sniffly nose and it's just in my head, but I can still get in a workout and at least I'm moving my body. We have to remember that even though training is very helpful with uh, reducing mental stress, there's still physical stress that it puts on your body. So because of that, what did I just previously say? Increased cortisol levels weaken our immune system. So going to get a heavy duty workout in when you're sick is just going to prolong your sickness because it's weakening your immune system even, even further. Your body needs all of the resources that it can get in order to fight off whatever illness it is dealing with. So as tough as it may seem mentally, I honestly do recommend 90% of the time that you focus on just getting some rest. Give your body the rest that it needs. Your body's pretty smart. It knows what it needs to do in order to get better. But our job is to meet it halfway and give it the rest that it is asking for. And your body typically takes care of the rest. You know, getting some extra sleep, getting caught up on some rest versus doing some training, that's going to be the best way to just fast track your train or fast track your recovery. So that way you can get back in the gym and actually have a good workout just because you can get in a workout and you can power through. That doesn't mean that it's going to be a good workout and enjoyable. So if your symptoms are pretty mild, but you know that it's probably not a good idea to go to the gym and you know that you're going to feel worse afterwards, you know, don't be afraid to just take it down a notch. Maybe go do some yoga in the living room, go do some stretching, Go for a walk around the block. Even if you're feeling like you don't have, um, you're not contagious, go to the gym and do a little bit of walking on the treadmill if you can't walk outside. But don't be afraid of, you know, saying no to your training program for a few days. It's not going to be the end of the world. And if anything, it's just going to allow you to have a quicker recovery so you can come back even stronger and just have a better workout. So what should you do with your nutrition? And a lot of people think that they need to cut their calories back because they're not moving as much as they typically are. 
And while I understand why a lot of people think that, your body needs the nutrients in order to fight off the illness, in order to fight off the virus. So restricting yourself, restricting your calories because you're afraid that you're going to put on weight and you know not see that progress that you're looking for or lose your progress, we have to take a step back and just ask ourselves, like, what are we trying to accomplish right now? We're not going to the gym. I understand you're not moving your body as much, but you know, restricting your calories again, you're just going to make matters worse. You're just going to prolong your sickness because your body doesn't have the adequate amount of nutrients that it needs in order to fight off the virus, in order to fight off the illness. So having a few extra calories when you aren't exercising for a few days is not going to make you blow up like a balloon. It really isn't. And I've talked about this in a previous video. We have our total daily energy expenditure. So our body burns calories different ways. It burns calories through our resting metabolic rate. That's just due to our regular functions within our bodies and things like that. Your body burns a good like 60% of your total daily energy expenditure just from your resting metabolic rate. When it comes to non-intentional exercise, so things like, you know, blinking, fidgeting, you know, me spinning around in my chair, I'm burning calories without even trying. And that's very individual for a lot of people, but the amount of calories that you burn from that is actually a lot higher typically in comparison to intentional exercise. So your exercise activity that you get from going to the gym for, you know, an hour a day, you're not going to be missing out on a whole heck of a lot of calories being burned because there's a few days that you're not going to the gym for an hour or two. So I wouldn't try to counterbalance that by restricting your calories even further, because like I said, all that is going to do is just prolong your sickness because your body needs nutrients in order to fight off the virus. So while it's normal for your appetite to go down, I don't want you to force feed yourselves, but you know, we want to make sure that we're not intentionally trying to restrict ourselves because we're afraid of a little bit of weight gain while we are sick. You know, your body's inflamed. It's going through a lot when it's sick. Your water retention is going to go up when you're sick and that is going to be reflected on the scale. And we have to have that understanding, but that's not a reason for us to restrict our calories. So End goal here is to try to get better as quickly as possible. That means giving your body rest, giving your body an adequate amount of nutrients, staying super hydrated, and then letting your body do everything else. Like I previously said, your body is very smart. It knows what it needs to do in order to get better. Our jobs are to meet it halfway, to give it the rest that it's asking for, to stay hydrated and give it the nutrients that it needs in order to have a speedy recovery. All right, team, that about wraps up this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, if you found it helpful as a thank you to me, please do me a huge favor and be sure to share this on your social media. Maybe share it with your friends and family. And if you haven't already, please be sure to go leave this episode a review on iTunes. It really helps me out. It helps other people find the episode so we can ensure that we help more people just like this episode was able to help you. So thank you all. I look forward to chatting with you all again very soon. But until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.